0: Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens. This week on Bearded Fruit, we're sharing a conversation I had with disability awareness consultant and cripple content creator, Andrew Gerza. Andrew is working to make the lived experience of queerness and disability accessible to all. His written work has been featured in the Huffington Post, The Advocate, Everyday Feminism, Mashable, and Out.com. He has presented all across North America on what it means to be a queer cripple and the intersectionality of sex and disability. He's also the host of Disability with Drew and the Disability After Dark podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Andrew resides in Toronto, Canada. I'm a huge fan of Andrew and his work, and I know that all of you out there in the Bearded Fruit audience will find Andrew as funny, smart, and charming as I do. So give the episode a listen, then go and support Andrew and his work. All of his info is at the end of the episode. Here's Andrew Gerza on Bearded Fruit.
1: Building, but actually it's a really cool term just for um, kind of work I do and I, I, I use that term to say that I blog and I podcast and I write around and I present around the, the lived experience of being queer and disabled um, and I'm going to be 33 in like a week and a half so that's cool uh, I, I have cerebral palsy there's
0: many, many facets to me, yeah, and so for all of our listeners, I found you uh through some work you did for the Huffing writing for The Huffington Post, some blog posts um and I was immediately struck by how honest and authentic your voice is and how um how vulnerable you you're willing to be as a writer, and then ultimately through your podcast also as a as a podcaster um can you can you talk a little bit about about how how you came to wanting to share your story in the various means that you do?
1: I mean, the truth is that I, I it wasn't really so much a want; it was a need for me. It was actually it was doing all this work and starting this work was an act of was a big giant act of self care because. I had never seen anything like what I was experiencing in the world, and I was getting really depressed. A couple of years ago, I was kind of sitting at home, feeling down on myself, and, doing, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm never going to see the disabled body, and I was actually looking at a bunch of queer websites that's just looking for, you know, to be quite honest, porn to watch and things to look at. And so, I was like, I'm going to type in disability and see what comes up, and nothing, came up. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm clear. I'm sitting here kind of bitching about it. So why did I do something about it? And I just, it just kind of snowballed from there. I created my own first little business card that I was a disability awareness consultant, having no idea what that was, really kind of just flying from by the seat of my pants. And then I was like, well, I guess I have to do this now because if no one's going to do it, why don't I do it? And so I kind of did a bunch of magazines in my hometown of Toronto a bunch of queer magazines and just said, have you, have you ever featured anybody with a disability? And a lot of them said, well, not really. There's not kind of, we, don't, we haven't, but we'd love to talk to you. So within a couple of hours of me sending that email, I had a photographer at my house deciding to take pictures of me. And I was like, all right, well, this is cool. So it really just kind of snowballed off from that. Those initial emails of me saying, I want to do this. How do I get started? And me kind of just kind of doing it on my own.
0: How long ago was that?
1: That was that would have been about five years ago now. So I've been doing it professionally, kind of for myself, kind of freelancing for about five years now.
0: And so, did that mostly take the form of like, like presenting and writing for? Because I know the the podcast is, uh, which is called Disability After Dark, which we'll talk more about. Um, that's real, That's that's newer.
1: Um, the writing started first because writing was easy, and I knew how to do that. And it started kind of in my own blog, which I had kind of just created on a WordPress site for myself. I don't even think it was WordPress, it was like something that was it might have <laughs> even been live it might have been live journal. Wow. Uh, like, like it's that. Uh, it yes, might have been live journal. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely might have been live journal. Um and it was called The Truth About Being Troubled," Um, which is my first foray into kind of writing for a public audience. And really, that's where I put a lot of what I was feeling. And I didn't really know, it had no, there was no branding to, well, I mean, I guess there was the start of a brand to it, but there was no, like, it was just me sharing my feelings. And that's kind of how I've always approached it, is like, I want to share with an audience how a disability feels. And then I was writing that stuff, and I, th- I said, you know, I'm going to reach out to Huffington Post and just see what what could happen, and just see. So I tweeted I tweeted the the executive editor of Huffington Post, queer voices, like years ago now, and just said hi. I want to write about disability and queer stuff. Can I pitch ideas? And he said, all right, send me a pitch. And I sent him um, the very first article that I ever published for them, which was the misadventures of dating when you're queer and crippled. And <laughs> they put it on they put it on their site, and I was like, okay, I guess which is a thing now, and I, again, didn't really think it was going to go anywhere, but they've, you know, they've allowed me to grow a platform, but even though they don't, they don't currently pay the writers, what I appreciate about Hapo is that they allowed me to share my story and really grow and begin what I I wanted to do and what I'm doing now.
0: And then how, then, so the after i read your stuff on huffington post i started listening to your podcast which is disability after dark and um because i i i I listen to a lot of queer podcasts both larger ones and and also indie ones and i really love yours a lot um yeah you're well i mean you're like kind of a you're you're on more commutes than most people are in the car um so I, the the podcast is called Disability After Dark, and uh, just I'd love to hear how what inspired you to start the podcast and to tell folks about uh, the, sort of the the ethos of the podcast and its purpose.
1: Um, what inspired me to start the podcast was yeah. my own kind of fame hornness I wanted. To just, <laughs> I wanted. I'm not going to even pretend like that's not true. I think. Putting disability in the public eye is fun, and it's exciting, and it's different, and I am a fame whore. I like, to be quite honest, because I was not given a lot of attention from the queer community when I was coming out and when I was growing up, and the way that I've been ostracized by the community to no fault of their own, just because people are shy about disability and sexuality. So if I can put it on screen, if I can do that, or put it in a podcast, or put it on in some media format that is going to get it out there, that that gives me, like, a lot of professional boners. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's, I think it's really kind of important to put it out there. And so, but, I mean, there is another backstory to the podcast. I was doing a radio show for a little internet radio company here in Canada called Voices for Ability Radio, and they contacted me and said, would you do a weekly show for us that we will that we'll put on our network? And I said, okay, sure, that's great. And they're still fantastic and I still do work with them. But halfway through doing that, I said, you know, I want to control this. I want to be able to put to to control the, the output. I want to be able to control the what people are seeing and how it's marketed. I want to do all that. So I decided to, I said to them, Listen, I'll Give you the shows, but I'd like to take it over, and so I just took it over and made it a new podcast, which was surprisingly easy because I'm not technically savvy anyway. So it was surprisingly simple for me to be able to do that, and then it just kind of grew from there.
0: One of the things that I really love about the podcast is that uh, it's it's really it's hot, like. Is that, so so, a yeah. lot of the a lot of what you talk about is 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 about the intersections of of disability, queerness, and 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 sex, um, and it like your podcast is hot. You know, I'm listening into the car, go you know, hey, that's that's some of the stories are really funny, um, but 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 it's really hot, and and I know as a as a person who listens to a lot of uh, other queer podcasts, it's really not a voice or a story that we hear very often, um. And I I'd love to hear you talk about the that imperative for you about making sure that you're sharing yourself not just as a as a queer person who is disabled but also as a as a queer person who is disabled and a sexual being.
1: I I think it's important to share all that stuff, really 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 intimate stuff, very really rawly. I don't know if rawly is a word, but I'm gonna make you right not. Um <laughs> I think it's really important for us to share that stuff and be really open about it because it's something that we don't hear. Like you were saying, it's a narrative we don't hear. Um, And it's a narrative that we don't get to ever hear about. Disabled people who talk about their sex lives and the dirty and nitty gritty, and the fun stuff and the difficult stuff, and that's not a narrative we hear. If we do talk about sex and disability, generally it's done from a very, like, safe, comfortable, like, let's talk about sex and disability. Everybody deserves blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how it's treated. And I, that, that pitches me the, that, that, that I understand why it's treated that way, but it pits me the fuck off I to be quite honest with you. It's uncomfortable for me to do it that way. And I think, why not share? Why not put it all out there? And I'm very, this kind of plays into my same harness, I guess. <laughs> you know, I don't mind, I don't mind showing myself because what are their chances what are their opportunity will I have to do that? And if I can show you all of myself and be vulnerable, first of all I think vulnerability is fucking hot. If somebody has the has the the guts to tell their to tell their truth in a raw, vulnerable way, I'm like, let's go and make out because you're being a real person. <laughs> like that's more attractive to me than like a bunch of abs and a big, you know, big number that you know that's oh you can say dick
0: you can totally say dick on our podcast it's fine
1: okay i just want to make sure that I (laughs) no yeah you can say say
0: no dick is totally fine on our podcast
1: okay so yeah it's better you know the vulnerability for me gives me a big dick both emotionally (laughs) and physically so like that's that turns me on. and if i can share my story and if somebody's hearing me and going. I never realized that, but now I'm going to think about it. Or if somebody with a disability, either invisible or visible, you hearing me going, wow, I feel that way too. And they can for a minute connect with me in that way and feel like they're not alone in this thing where sexuality and disability is not discussed. And then I've done my job. I mean, part of being, talking about the hotness of sex and disability, really, it's part of my job. So I see it as a professional hazard to be that, to be that, up front and direct, but it doesn't scare me. It actually makes me excited to be that vulnerable with the audience because then I know I'm creating good content.
0: And I i think you achieve that goal in spades because I feel like um I mean you know we have you and I have talked both like on the internet and also kind of on the phone and in life a little bit. Yeah
1: we've we've very fun. we, we, flirt other, we, we have, have I
0: mean, you know, yeah, yeah we uh, have, have, yes we've discussed <laughs> dick <Yes. laughs> um yes. but you know listening to your podcast I, I i feel like i like i know you or i don't know that i totally know you but you feel like a person that i know things about that you you're familiar to me uh and so you really definitely do succeed in in sharing an abundance of yourself in a in a very welcoming and positive way on your show and i, I admire it tremendously how long have how? Yeah, of course, how long has the podcast been um up and running?
1: This iteration of the podcast has been going since September seventh was the first show. We I just finished cutting the thirty ninth episode, which will be out this coming week. um So, so the probably around the twenty fifth to twenty sixth of April. Um, it's it's been going for a few months now. And we have just surpassed seven thousand downloads, which is like blowing my mind. Awesome! Because I never really thought it was gonna get that much attention. And this is part of part of the 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 way that ableism and you know not believing in yourself as part of disability, the lived experience of disability comes out. Where even when I create stuff that I'm proud of. I never believe that it's going to go anywhere because who's going to listen to the guy in the chair telling the story about sex? Like, who who really wants to hear from me? And so I have, as much as I create this content, and I also refer to myself not only as a disability awareness consultant, but a crippled content creator. Um, when I create this content, I always feel like it's not good enough. I feel like it's not strong enough. It's not, no one's going to, you know, no one cares about my, about my, my you know, disabled sex life. So when I see those numbers, and I see people tweeting about it or sending me reviews or asking to be on the show, I'm like, okay, I've got, you know, you've done your job. And I think it's also important because I don't have a nine-to-five job. I run my own kind of insular, little self-contained company for myself, and to know that that is making waves as a disabled person is a big deal. because. Typically, people have told me that I should be in a 9-to-5 job, that I should look for a real job, that this next thing I'm doing is a hobby. And i was like, no, guys, this is my career. Like, This is what I've built for myself. So I have a lot of respect for anybody who's othered or marginalized who's like, fuck it, I'm going to make my own way and I'm not going to care what other people think.
0: I think that's, yeah, I think that's... Well, I think you're fan. I think the show's fantastic. And actually, I feel like if I know my audience at all, they're going to really dig it too. So, uh, yeah, everybody who's out there, finish listening to this episode first before you ditch us and and go listen to Andrew's podcast. But make sure that you listen to his podcast as soon as you're you're finished listening to to ours. Like I, I will have
1: to
0: right. Like as long as you finish ours first, you can you can head over to yours. Um, I, I'm curious to know if you have received any 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 pushback to to the the, the the degree to which you share yourself and your story, either to the podcast or you know, people, have you received any pushback?
1: I've I received, I think people are afraid to push back a little bit because of, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't be offensive to the disabled guy. Um, but I have received a little bit of pushback. I wrote a couple of articles for HuffPo last year about why we needed disabled porn stars, disabled queer porn stars, I'm kind of marking myself as how I'd like to be in one, and somebody should hire me. And like I'm, I'm here for this. And so like I was saying, we needed more disabled porn stars because, because it would you know change representation and representation of importance and all that stuff. So I wrote that article, I put it out, people liked it, and then almost immediately though, once it was on HuffPo's, uh website, there were comments saying like, oh my god, nobody would listen to, nobody nobody would watch a gay disabled porn person. They're gross. Like who would sleep with a disabled person? It's gross. Like, there's just so much work. Um, that's disgusting. Like, ew. Why would you? Why would you? Why would HuffPost allow for this person to um, be a proponent of of porn and disability? That's gross. No, no. Like, so I have received pushback. I definitely, certainly have. And I welcome it because it means that I've done my job. My job is to create change. My job is to create conversation and hopefully turn you on at the same time. Um, And if you're so so angry, you feel the need to send me a tweet about it or put it on HuffSol's front page, then I've done my job. And so I try not to read the comments because it pisses me off (laughs) sometimes.
0: That's always a bad idea.
1: Yeah, it's always a bad idea. Um, Some people who have reviewed the podcast said the content was good but a little bit repetitive. Um, and I just said, Well, you know, are you putting on a podcast? Not, <laughs> if, if you're not, then you don't know. So like yeah, I think you. and you and you're a you're a podcaster, so you know how hard it is to keep your material fresh. And that's kind of what I'm running into right now. We're nearing our fortieth episode and I'm sitting at home going, Oh my god, how am I gonna what am I gonna do for the next couple of episodes? I have to <laughs> need well, to in and fresh and wow
0: and particularly whenever you are creating a podcast that is uh very specifically focused on a certain thing you know like we we talk about queerness p- politics and culture uh while there's a lot that we can talk about it's not like we can like end up having a conversation just about some movies that we liked because we liked them like we 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 do tend to circle around the same things because we we have to that's what our show is about <clears throat> and
1: i i think people who don't create content don't know how hard it is mm-hmm. yeah to make that content go. And when, you, when you're talking about something as niche and as like insular as sex and disability, you by the time you hit 40 episodes, like I'm about to hit 40 episodes in two weeks, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Somebody needs to help me. So then I start putting out <laughs> questions on my social media because I don't know how I'm gonna make it fresh. So anybody who's listening who has questions about sex and disability, if they want answers, let me know. <laughs> you might be getting
0: some because i feel like, uh, like our I, I i our audience is pretty rad uh, and i'm not sucking up to them just because i want them to keep listening um but they they're, kind, of they're right okay. kind, well yeah i mean no that's true i i like i literally right i'm not even going to pretend i i also enjoy the fame aspect of having a podcast and people knowing
1: yeah, see, you're are, like
0: it's pretty yeah a little bit um <laughs> a lot No, uh, but I our audience is is engaged, and so I like I'm really encouraging everybody who is listening. Make sure that you are not only listening to Andrew's podcast, but you're also interacting with him. Because I I, I, honestly, Andrew's one of the coolest people that I've connected with in a in a while. He's uh, an incredibly smart, funny, rad dude. So make sure a
1: rad dude.
0: I did. Yes, I I sure did.
1: I like how it's 1984. (laughs)
0: you better watch it because i was i mean that's that's my time man oh um i so i i would i then i would then be curious to hear you talk a little bit about navigating the queer community because i i know as in in my particular body which is uh has always been uh uh fat um I know that, that that's not a bad word it's no safe. I'm not I'm not like that okay, just if, if I meant it that if it sounded that way no it's not my body has always been a fat body and in the queer world navigating queer the queer community as a as a fat guy wasn't always is not always easy so I would be curious to favor to you talk about what it's like to what has been your experience navigating um, sex and the, the queer community which sometimes has a challenging problem with uh, being very limited in the kinds of bodies that they're interested in
1: it's always a challenge i'm not going to pretend like it isn't i also don't have a six pack i don't have you know i'm not a nine inch dick i'm not down to fuck every five seconds like no, i don't i don't i don't aspire to be your your um you know your typical shift-centered white able-bodied, gym rat, queer person. That's not what my body is. And so I I am met with a lot of people saying, like, I don't know if we can do this. I'm not sure about that. But I mean, more so than that, you'll have people who are curious about sex and disability and who want to engage with me sexually, but would just say I've never, you know, I don't know how to do a guy in a chair. I've never been with a guy in a chair. So I, I think my connection to the community is a lot stronger in activist queer communities versus like the club scene that's never been Mm -hmm. a place where i felt at home I never felt okay there i always felt like i was not really welcome in that environment i always felt like it wasn't for me um i've always felt like queer men who go to those club nights really if they would just sit down and be be like comfortable with themselves they would really they probably don't want to be there either they'd rather be at home watching netflix with a dude who would eventually suck their dick versus like having to go into the club and present yourself to maybe go home with somebody later? No. Mm-hmm. So like I've never really felt at home in this environment. Um, I'm much more comfortable in a, in a queer kind of actress environment because I feel like it's a lot more open to difference than it is in the, in the like in the dominant gay male scene. Um And I mean, navigating sexual disability is always uncomfortable for me, even though I do this work, and I talk about it quite openly, when it gets down to like, make a time with the person. I, even though I have done this work professionally now for five years, I recoil in like fear of like, oh my God, you're gonna see that I'm disabled. Oh wow, like what are you? Every single time, because sexual disability is so not talked about, especially in queer male communities.
0: Are there are there things that you enc- misconceptions that you encounter more frequently than others? Like, what are the the major things that people don't understand that you would like them to?
1: I was gonna rattle off like the 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 and the stuff I hear the most, but that I've done that so much so many times when I yeah. can do that here. Um, the thing that you too need to understand is that there's a person attached to this. There's a person attached to the disability. There's a per- i mean. And I, I don't there's a there's a person that's attached to all the stuff that's happening. Um, so if you make a misstep or you say something inappropriate or you say something that's kind of gonna gonna hurt me, I'm gonna feel it. And so like remember that if you're uncomfortable with disability, you have to you should tell me first. Like tell me and we can talk about it openly as opposed to like getting down with me and then be like, Oh, I didn't realize this was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. no, let's have let's have a discussion first. Um and don't ask me if you're about to give me a blow if my dick works. That's, that's <laughs> number that's, that's number one. If you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna blow me and you're about to get down there we're about to do things to each other, don't ask me as you're about to do that if my dick works. Please, please don't do that.
0: Has that um, really happened?
1: <laughs> many times. Oh my Someone god! Goes, I can't even. I don't even know where to start. Yes, it happens. Yes.
0: I feel like that would be, like, I would have, I would completely assume that that's like, a, would be something in a sitcom or something. That would not be a real.
1: Yeah, like, if that's there's ever about my, yeah, if there's ever a sitcom about my life, that's what I, that's the one scene that I want to be, like, played over and over and over again.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's, oh. it's not a, it, it was not a fun experience. And I definitely was like, you should go home now.
0: So for so for everybody who's going to go to listen to your podcast as soon as they're done here, um, where sh- where should they start with Disability After Dark?
1: Start right, at episode one, okay? Because episode one, and I, not that's not to be flippant, but really it's because that's where I talk about the the what I want the series to be and why it's important and what my goals are, and you'll you'll hear as you listen to the podcast the transition, like the first like seven episodes, I don't have. In music, I have no ads, I have no, like, I'm not promoting anything, I, it's just me kind of talking at this, at, into a mic, and you'll hear also, about 20, 18 or 20 episodes in, I get a new microphone, so my audio quality goes up a lot, um, but I think it's important because you hear kind of like the rawness, and then as it gets more more polished in terms of production, those the emotional rawness, is still there. And I just kind of want you to follow through the journey of of episode one. And it's not not like S-Town. It's not thematic. It's not cool like that. But it's just like it tells my story. And then you'll hear as I introduce guests and I talk to other people, it starts to like you get to hear other perspectives. And I talk to some people who are fat-bodied. I talk to people who are trans. I talk to a lot of different bodies because uh, well, I experience disability, other people experience other types of marginalization around their queerness and sexuality, and I feel like using my platform as a disabled man, I have the ability to to make the other people feel comfortable in their platform. So there's so many different stories that I share throughout the, the, the series so far that I think you should start from on episode one and, and see which story makes you excited and click on that one.
0: And I have I haven't really found an episode that I I wasn't completely engaged by or interested in. Um, your anal sex episode is up there for me as one of my favorites. I, I don't really I don't really know why. I I just really that was a great, really I fantastic.
1: I have episode. feelings about why, but tell me what, you, tell, me what you, <laughs> tell me what you
0: think. Uh, no, I I like I don't know. There was th- I. Throughout the entire entirety of the, the times that I've listened to your show, I, I'm always I agree with you. Something you said earlier that like vulnerability is really hot, and I feel that way about you. Uh, you your podcast is vulnerable in a way that I I wish ours was more. Um, it's so open and personal. It, it's like I love it. And there was something I guess that that there was something about that episode that was particularly vulnerable, and it was it was it made me think about anal sex in a, in a lot of different ways that I've never thought about it before. Go Not on. that I'm spending like a massive amount of time sitting around thinking about like fucking a butt, but, um,
1: maybe you are. That's, it. <laughs> that's, that's, all, I, that's all
0: I'm really doing. I guess that's, yeah. that's the whole. Um, so, so I mean, what? I, Go ahead. That episode was
1: so, that episode was like, like episode nine, I think. Um, that was so long ago for me now. Like, and I don't, I don't listen to the work afterwards. I don't, like, I edit it and I put it out and then that's it. I don't listen to it again because I, even though, and you know this, even though I do this work, I hate my voice. So (laughs) I just do it and I don't listen to it ever again because I don't want to hear, I want other people to hear and not, I don't have to, I don't want to hear it. How do you, as a podcaster, do you have the same, like, feelings
0: about your own voice? I don't hate my voice. Um I don't necessarily listen to episodes again just because uh I I feel like I I mean I had the conversation. I don't I don't feel the need to go through them again. Uh if I if I have to if I feel like there's something I have to edit out or that. Um but I don't know. I've I've I don't I don't hate my voice. Um I definitely I
1: definitely yeah. do not like my voice. Now you have but a great voice. Shush. One bit. And see you are your again.
0: Um, <laughs> Documented, so I cut you off. no. I cut um, you off. Well, oh, I was gonna ask. Well, so the the podcast is is heading near forty episodes. What 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 do you see yourself doing or wanting to do? Um, like in the next couple of years, what what more would you like to be doing?
1: I want to, to be really honest with you. I branched. I have another brand called Disabled D I S A Y-D-L-E-D, which has the word say in it, to get us talking about the word disabled and the the disability experience outside of sexuality. So I created this brand and this hashtag um, to get people talking about their lived experience with disability and um, to get people talking about the disabled experience. And so I want to kind of be, I mean, again, back to my same hornet, I want to be an empire, I want it to be a big deal, and I want it to be on TV, and I want it to be on, I want to be on, I want to be asked to go to, like, big dinners and do big keynotes, and again, that's not only because I want to be a same, that's because my mission is to bring disability and the experience of disability to the wider public in a way that is real. I think the way we talk about disability right now, generally, and not just in terms of sex, just generally, is very sanitized, very clean. We use politically correct language like person with a disability or sometimes the dreaded differently able" or like <laughs> words like that that I just don't connect with. I connect with words like disabled, disability, cripple, like queer, all these words that are a little bit left of center that I really take stock in because I'm left of center. I'm okay with that. And so I want this realness to be brought to an audience in a way that is real. So we can start peeling away this like sanitized like and I love people in social justice, so I don't want to admonish them, but this really sanitized like sub wordy disability kind of like veneer when we should just be telling our truth around the disability experience. So I wanted to go global and I want both disability after dark and disabled to be my kind of stable in the, in the, uh, disability world and in, in the world generally. And then, um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like it to be, I'd like to be a publicly professionally famous disabled person.
0: I I hope you are. I, Cause I then I'll, then I'll, famous. then I'll know a famous person. That would be, then I'll be a fame whore and, and, <laughs> then we'll have you back Boy, on. I know. <laughs> than you are already. <laughs> you know. No. Um. So as I've said multiple times, just in the time we're talking, I I think you're fantastic and the work that you're doing, I admire greatly and enjoy tremendously. Um. Then I can't. You. I can't wait to see the more. I can't wait to hear more of your podcast and see what you're going to be doing. Um. Uh, from here on out, because yeah, exactly, I think
1: I had no idea. <laughs> Nobody
0: it... does. Nobody does. Yeah. Um. So tell everyone in the bearded fruit audience. So how can they find you if they want to find your you and your work? How do they do that?
1: Well, they can head over to my bedroom and. <laughs> <No>. um,
0: <laughs> and if you listen to the can... podcast, you can learn all the things that you need to do once you get there.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> If they want to find out about me on social media, I'm on Twitter at Andrew that That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A. Um, on my website, com, you can find links to the podcast. I'm on every the, – the Disability After Dark podcast is on every podcast app, Stitcher, um, Google Play, iTunes, it's everywhere. Um and I'm really active on social media, so if you want to talk to me about stuff, uh, I'm more than happy to talk to somebody, even if they disagree with me. Um, I'd love to again plug my hashtag. So if you're listening to the podcast, please use Disability After Dark as the hashtag. If you're listening to, if you want to talk about the disability experience outside of sex, you can use the disabled hashtag, which is again D I S A Y B L E D, disabled. Um, and so i'm i'm everywhere and if you want to email me andrew at com.
0: and we're going to link to all that stuff on the episode page on our website um and um thank you for coming on our little show
1: i'm so, I'm so honored to have been asked to come on a show I, 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 as a good I, podcaster i love being asked to be on shows now like i have started Oh, also anybody who listening to the podcast, if you want done, I'm available for whatever you'd
0: like. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so thank you, Andrew, again. Um Andrew's podcast Disability After Dark is a really terrific listen and you should definitely add it to your uh your podcast playlist because um it's really fantastic. Uh his voice is unique and worth listening to. So thanks again.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Before you head off to listen to Disability After Dark or check out any of Andrew's written work, I wanted to make sure that you knew that Andrew has a Patreon page as well, which he didn't get a chance to mention during the episode. Uh, That address is www.patreon.com backslash Andrew Gerza. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A. If you like what he does, you should go over to the Patreon page and support him. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. been listening to bearded fruit politics and culture through an intersectional queer lens now if you enjoyed this week's episode head over to our website beardedfruit.com to get more info about this week's show and to check out some of our other web features like our weekly ask a dad advice column or our fruit stands section which gives you ways to bring the bearded fruit conversation into your community You can also connect with us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit and on Twitter at Bearded Fruit Pod. And if you have some feedback on this week's episode or questions to ask us or just want to share an idea for an upcoming episode, give us a call at 860-785-0633. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or find us on SoundCloud. And as always, thanks for listening.